Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Welcome, Haley and Arshi. Am I saying that right? Yes, you did. Okay, not bad, eh? <laughs> thank you so much for being patient with my, uh, my pronunciation. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here this evening after your long working day. I'm excited to chat with you both. I, I recently discovered you on um, Instagram, or we discovered each other a few months back. And when I first came across your profile on Instagram, it looks much different than it does now. And I recently saw that you guys have been kind of rebranding yourselves, posting some educational tools out there, some inspirational things as well. And, and so I was really excited to reach out to you and, and have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for inviting us out to talk. Awesome. And I'm so glad that there's two of you. So this will be cool. <laughs> There'll be a lot of dialogue here. Um, <laughs> so as usual, as I start out with every guest, can you guys tell me kind of what you're drinking right now? I know you just came in from work. Sure. Uh, I'm Urshi here. Uh, I'm drinking um, some hot chocolate from Switzerland. Uh, ah. My sister actually lives in Switzerland and she sent some for us for Christmas. So it's great. Perfect. This kind of weather. And what about you, Haley? I'm just drinking some chilled Toronto tap water. <laughs> Beautiful. And it's tapped. <laughs> That's awesome. Quite often I'm drinking water on the, the podcast as well. But tonight I'm actually... Um, Cheer, cheersing to you both because I know it's one of your first podcasts and I'm just having a glass of uh, McManus red wine so if you do like red wine um, the cab stove is quite good nice. okay. awesome so as usual I ask my guests right off the hop um, to tell me more about who they are so I don't want you to leave with your work but kind of just tell me about who you guys are 
Sure, I'll, I'll take this. Yeah, go ahead, Ursh. Yeah, so I think it's it's a great question because every day when when I see new patients, I say, um, "Hi, my name is Ursh, and I'm a physiotherapist." So um, I say this multiple times a day, and when I keep telling myself that that's who I am, able to identify only as a physio. Uh, so I'm glad that this is your first question. Uh, I think to dig a little bit deeper, um, I guess I am a bridge between Hungary, where I was born and raised, and Canada, where I could find myself and my dreams. Um, because of that, I am constantly touring in Canada, is playing Hungary, and virtually any sporting events. Uh, so I usually end up cheering for both, and <laughs> if one of them lose, and it is not an easy situation, let me tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I like a lot of sports, yes. Um, I'm, I'm also uh, a critical thinker with a practical mind who, who likes challenging the status quo, and someone who was always... Uh, fascinated by human movement. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I am one of the two of our dog, Stella. Oh, yes, I did see that on your website. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also a wife of uh, Haley, who's sitting beside me. Oh, wonderful. Uh, for, those of, for those of you who don't know us personally, um, we, we met in physio school at Western almost eight years ago, and we've been attached at the hip ever since and been married for almost four years. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's amazing. So not only did this start as um, your practice, but it also became a love story too. So mm -hmm. it brought, wow, that's amazing. Wow, love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. I don't know how you're gonna top that one off, Haley. But <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I know, I'm um, telling, or should cheer on on Canada, but I'm also torn now in sporting events too to cheer for both teams. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But I'm gonna I'm actually gonna try to take a moment to get a bit vulnerable right now uh, and talk a bit about who I am because um, I must must be honest. I'm actually struggling to figure out who I am at, at this point in my life. Uh, growing up, I was a competitive hockey player. I was a goalie. Mm -hmm. I played up until the age of around 20, 21 at a competitive level. And unfortunately I developed a number of concussions mm. and I developed post-concussion syndrome. And I was given the news uh, or the suggestion from my sportsman doctor and my physio at the time that I should no longer play competitive sports. Wow. And, and for me, I, I just, at that moment, it's kind of like my life got turned upside down because it's almost like I, I lost who I was, mm -hmm. I didn't know who my identity was. Wow. Uh, and, and I was struggling for a number of years, just one to work, uh, um, to get through every day because it, it was very bad. It happened, the post-concussion around the first, like basically right when I started um, practicing. And so I'm still in this moment in my life where I'm trying to figure out who I am. It's like I'm trying to mourn that old self and try to create a new identity. And it's gotten a bit clear over the past probably year and a half. Um, where I can say I'm a very curious person. I love asking the why. Mm -hmm. like, why are we doing this in physio? Why are we adding this spice to our meal? Those sort of things. Um, I love watching sports since I, you know, can't play in them currently at a competitive yeah. level. And I'm an avid reader. Beautiful. I appreciate you so much for sharing that um, that honesty and the vulnerability and struggling to find 
who you are, or at least being on that journey right now, right? And I think it's safe to say, um, like I know it's not exactly the same, but when I started practicing, I became a caregiver. So it was like I was on both sides of the healthcare system and I didn't know who I was, right? I was like, I, I didn't know if I was more of, not that we're not patient advocates, but I didn't know if I was more of like a patient advocate than a provider advocate. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I find I'm trying to find that balance in both. Um, but I think that just comes with time. And I think that comes with, like you said, like reflecting and just being honest about it. So I, I really appreciate you doing that. And um, do you find that in your practice, and we'll get into that in a minute, but do you find that you're treating a lot of athletes? Uh, for me, it's, it's hit or miss. I don't think I, I would say maybe 10 to 15% are athletes, but high level athletes, like at a professional level or even amateur level, I, I don't, I don't think necessarily I am. I'm downtown Toronto, um, about mm. college and young, and I'm seeing, um, more just like everyday folk, people okay. that just go to the gym, trying to be active. Um, that's more of my population. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. So you said it, you, you know, kind of in the last year and a half, it's gotten better. So in what ways have you found that you are kind of coming to that discovery? Uh, well, so with my work, we actually have a, a book club. Oh, nice. We're always trying to just read different things. And we went, we, we decided to, to read Brené Brown's newest book, mm -hmm. um, Daring to Lead. Uh, Dare to lead. And, and honestly, that was like an aha moment for me. Um, I, I realized that I was carrying a lot of shame in my life. Um, and I had this unwanted identity of, um, you know, feeling like I wasn't reliable, um, I could do certain tasks, and just trying to acknowledge that was very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. And then also seeing, uh, for me, I see a counselor every four to six weeks just to check in. Um, and great. that's been really helpful and integral to my journey. Yeah. And that's, and that, and you're doing the work, right? Like you're, you're um, dealing with it on an ongoing basis. And I think, that that's what's going to keep you getting closer and closer to it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that you're doing that. I'm happy that you're seeing some results and that you're kind of becoming more of who you are outside of just the competitor, right? The elite athlete. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a hard thing not to undo. You know, it's not something I don't think we want to undo, but it's something that we want to just kind of learn to live with among everything else that you are, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well Amazing. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to know, I just recently read an article on burnout, and it was actually an article for teachers on how to overcome burnout, but they referenced um, healthcare providers in the study that, that was shown. And so one of, the, um, what, one of the results that they found was that when they asked healthcare providers to list three things that, were, that went well throughout their day, and it didn't just have to be professionally, but personally as well. They found that their, their rate of burnout over like six month period, I believe, was like significantly lower um, in terms of like self-reporting. And so I wanted to ask you both today, um, kind of what, what, like if you can list one to three highlights and reflecting on your long, busy day, um, kind of a couple positives that stuck out. Um, no, that's, it's funny how you, how you mentioned that. Um, so 
if I'm ever having a really tough day and I'm, I'm feeling really burnt out, what Urshu will say to me, she will always say, name three things about your day that went well. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Did she ask you today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's great that you brought that up. And honestly, when she forces me to do that, because sometimes I'm reluctant because I'm, I'm tired, I don't want to go there. And I find it to be extremely helpful just to reflect on, you know, the day you've had. So, um, Irsh, yeah. what are three things you found to be positive about your day, Irsh? Today. <laughs> yeah. It's your turn um, to answer. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I, I had a couple of new patients today um, who I managed to, to connect quite well and, and it's always a very nice um, feeling when uh, when you feel like you you already made a positive uh, impact on them and and you know, start building that therapeutic relationship awesome. uh, I think that was uh, one positive uh, positive which actually turned out quite nicely that my last patient canceled so I got to go home a little bit earlier <laughs> yeah I can appreciate and, that yeah, and, and managed to take our dog out for a little bit longer walk and kind of collect my thoughts before this podcast. Awesome. Um, and I think the third uh, positive thing is there was no delays on TTC and subway delays, which we had a huge one last week, and we, we took us like two hours to get to work, which normally would take us half an hour. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I do love the city. I love Toronto. I, I used to visit it quite a bit, not as often as I used to. And um, that was the one thing that I always thought about was public transit. I, I know the systems are way more efficient over there than they are here in Windsor. But yeah, like I know the commute for people is like a couple hours when it, you know, if they're going by car when it really should be a half an hour. Um, but it just never seems to go that way. Um, I found it interesting too, uh, Haley, how you how you said that to, to describe what's positive about your day seems like more work because that was my first thought when I read the article was <laughs> like, well, people see this as more work, but I, I'm glad that you you kind of said that after you do it though you feel better. So, um, th so thanks for saying that because that confirms that I need to do that now uh, <laughs> more religiously <laughs> and kind of just you know see how my burnout symptoms uh, fare over the next few months. Uh, so, what you kind of touched on it a bit, but what inspired you both to get into physio? Um. Well, I was, I was originally trained uh, as a phys ed teacher in Hungary, mm -hmm. uh, and during university, I was a varsity middle distance runner. Uh, but as I was finishing my degree in, in teaching, I started to realize that it is extremely difficult to have a meaningful impact on 30 to 35 high school girls in a gym class. Um, so I, I really enjoy smaller groups and, and the one-on-one -on -one time spent talking to students over shouting in a school gym trying to mm -hmm. you know, make people move. Mm -hmm. um, so in my fifth year in Hungary I, I, I took a course in orthopedic injuries and I was kind of like wow I, I actually really interested in I, I really want to do more of that um, and and I also had a fair share of running injuries and other sport injuries over the years so, so physiotherapy was was a natural choice yeah but given the economic and political situations in in my home country uh, around that time I decided to come to Canada and immigrating to a new country and establishing yourself uh, does take a little bit of time and and some growing up to do 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I came to Western as an exchange student uh, to London, Ontario, uh, back as an international student. And, uh, but uh, in order to apply for most PT schools in Ontario, you need to be a, a citizen or a permanent resident. So, so I spent another year working as a kin in London um, before I finally started PTSD in 2011. So it was a long road, but I, I know. Good for you though. That's amazing. And I love how you kind of started with uh, the difference between smaller groups and like one-to-one -one, as opposed to chatting with a large group and the, the impact you could have and the connections you could have there, right? Yeah. And I think we see that more and more in private practice and in practice in general. Yeah. And I always find it interesting because people touch on um, their own personal injuries or experiences with someone who's been injured <laughs> as, as kind of, yeah, as kind of a way to discover what physio is and, and what it's all about and it tends to catch their eye through that. So really yeah. cool, really cool. Um, so for, for both of you, like when you first got into the profession, so if you could take me back to 2013 uh, when you first both started practicing, um, like what were the positives that you noticed and what were some of the challenges that kind of surprised you? Well, um, um, for me, I, I, I would say one of the, the challenges is, is uncertainty. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always worked in private, private practice uh, and there's lots of fluctuations in your schedule. Uh, for one thing, your days can fall apart. Um, you can be fully booked and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of cancellations. And, and I think in the beginning, uh, I just maybe a bit more of my personality or whatnot, I would internalize it. And I almost think personally, so I found it to be very mentally draining. That, that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, having fluctuations can also impact your finances as well. So, so stress would come with that. But, but right. I would say, you know, overall, it, it just, it works out in the end. Um, everything uh, will work out and you just kind of have to like, just go with the flow in that sense. So that was definitely one of uh, the challenges that I faced. But um, I would say one of the positives is, uh, is the connection. One of my, my main values is, is connection and working in the healthcare industry, I get to connect with folks every day and that brings so much joy to my life. Um, and I also have amazing colleagues and administ administrative staff that I get to hang out with every day and, and have great conversations with. So, um, and, I, and I just, I really, really like the physiotherapy that, that every day is a challenge. And I like being challenged. I like being mentally stimulated. Um, so it's not a job where you're going to get bored very easily. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Love that. Yeah. And what about you, Hershey? Yeah. So, so building on the the positives that that Haley mentioned, I think us physiotherapists are in a very unique situation uh, within the healthcare system because uh, you know uh, specialists, surgeons, they see patients for a couple minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, family doctors, GPs, maybe five or ten minutes. Uh, but I'm, I'm lucky enough that I work in a private practice um, downtown Toronto where, where I get to see my patients for half an hour, one-on-one, -on -one, time after time, um, which, which gives me the opportunity to, to build a strong therapeutic relationship. Yes. And, and your treatment space, if I may ask, do you treat in a gym setting or like an open setting or do you tend to treat in more of a smaller room or smaller it's, space? It's actually a mix. It's a sports clinic. So we do have, um, have a gym setting too, but we have private rooms as well. So I guess it just depends on the day. Yeah. Or the patients that you encounter. 
Okay. Where I work, I'm solely, I have my own room. Oh, okay. So it's just a room? Mm -hmm. yep. Well, yeah, there's multiple rooms, but yeah. And then and there's a gym if you want to go and do exercises or use the reformer. But um, yeah, I uh, get to have my own little kind of office space, essentially, with a, a plinth and my a desk. It's great. Yeah, no, that's great, um, especially like for confidentiality or if you have to have kind of a serious conversation. Uh, you know, when I first started practicing, um, I didn't know too much, right? And um, I went like right into a private practice, was an employee in like a, a gym space type clinic. And, and I remember looking back that, yeah, that some patients were a little bit uncomfortable being in the open space and they would kind of joke about it. And so I took it the same way. But looking back, I really think they were just downplaying it. And, you know, now I've learned that um, to meet kind of patients where they're at and to kind of take things a little more seriously, even more than you know, they may have let on type thing, right? Because I do find that in healthcare, um, dignity kind of changes, people become kind of surrendered to it. It's almost as if they don't have dignity, especially in the hospital setting, because they've, I'm in a rehab setting. So I see people like post acute care type thing. So they've been in the system for a little while. And I kind of have to reframe their thinking to to like more confidentiality and, you know, um, and dignifying themselves again and kind of reframing that mindset around it for their own comfort and control, right? Mm -hmm. Of the space. Yeah. Um, could you, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but um, can you tell me about a, a point in your work life practice uh, when you kind of realized, I don't want to call it a breaking point per se, but it was kind of like a realization um, that there had to be more. And, you know, if you did have that, like, kind of how did you overcome it or how did you recognize it? Yeah, mm, I think, a good question. yeah, it's, it's a loaded question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, it's a good question that, you know, we can dive into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, the, the big burnout was, um, prepping for, for the advanced orthopedic manual therapy exams in, in 2018, uh, which is, um, we did it the long way. So after physio school, we started taking courses, uh, which took us five years. And, uh, and at the end, um, you have to pass a written and a practical exam. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it's a long road. And it came with elevated stress for pretty much an entire year uh, while working full time. Yeah. Um, so around the summer of 2018, um, this kind of stress started manifesting as uh, anxiety. It started having some panic attacks, um, and it was never bad enough to miss work, but but certainly affected the quality of service I was able to provide. Mm -hmm. um, so so I cut back my hours a bit. Uh, took some personal days. Uh, started counseling and and uh, meditating, particularly focusing on on the mindfulness and the breathing aspects of, uh, of uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. And it was it was around that time when I started to have some digestive issues from stress. So I was basically living on chocolate and biscuits for. So so when I told my mom this, um, and you know, you have one thing you have to know about my mom that she's Hungarian. She lives in Hungary. So um, you know, one thing Eastern European mothers bring into action from is, is hearing that their daughter is not eating. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing <laughs> else matters. <laughs> told me that I'm, I'm over 
But Aww. in her case, that I'm coming over was, you know, got on a plane, flew 10 hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she ended up um, cooking and cleaning for us for five weeks. So Aww. every day I came home, you know, we came home from work. There was dinner on the table. The dishes were done. Um, so incredible. She was incredible. So, you know, in, in, in a normal case, your partner would be your focus support system mm -hmm. who's able to take off some pressure of you. But, you know, in, in this specific case, you know, my partner Haley was going through the exact same exam with you know her things. I think, I think you started having some thinking issues. Yeah, so we were involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not well. <laughs> well. It was not a, a joyous time. No, but did you did you guys know at the time that that was a big fact? Like that was the main re reason for it all, or were you kind of just thinking you were supposed to juggle it all? Well, like, did you have the foresight to know that 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 was that in itself was such a big pressure? Yeah, we knew it's gonna be tough, and I did anticipate that I probably have to cut back some hours, but I wasn't expecting all like the anxiety and stress. Right. And yeah. Being able to eat, so you know, for me, just just having my mom there and who can like you know literally hold my hand through the tough times was was a very important and. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I can relate on several levels when when I experienced a, like a professional challenge. And you know, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I do internalize as well. And um, I do, uh, I do tend to shut down. So I don't reach out as much, like especially to close family, like the people I'm closest with, I tend to shut down from. So I really love how your mom like really reached out and then came all this way to support you whether probably because she just knew right that she had to even if you weren't going to be the one to reach out and ask for her to come right i think for you was the eating yeah like, yeah, like <laughs> that was a big clue <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, you know like or whatever it took whatever the cue, the cue had to be she knew that she had to be there and I, I think and then when they're there right and you know you just feel so much better and it's like well why didn't i just like, reach out to begin with right or invite you in to begin with um, so that's amazing so then she she was a big part of how getting you guys through that and your own uh, personal development through that as well um, so from then on out so from 2018 have things been pretty good then pretty yeah, manageable yeah, I think I still you know periods of burnouts pretty much come and go throughout the year based on how busy your case loaded the important thing is to know symptoms early so mm -hmm. you can book some time off or you can plan a vacation or uh, you know you start doing some more self-care uh, so, mm -hmm. so it won't last long the burnout won't last long because you know ignoring it and running away from it just, just makes it worse yeah. um, I kind of use a lot of tools and develop a lot of tools over the years and and it honestly just depends on the day what what i choose so you know i have periods when when i meditate more or just like sweat everything out in the gym mm -hmm. uh, running can be great when it's not slippery outside um <laughs> but, you know more recently uh i started journaling more and playing the piano so i think yeah it's it's just very important to practice that even when you're feeling well yeah you learn to for instance meditate when you're in crisis Okay. Yeah, and I, I love how you um, stressed that there were periods of burnout, which I think is normal. There's really no clear-cut 
um, evidence out there to say what helps. So I think the onus really is on us individually to find what works with for us, right? Because by the time we wait for something to come around, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we're way too deep, right? And, um, and you've been there clearly. Um, and now you know how to kind of identify that. So now having a partner who's also in the same field, I find this interesting. So does one kind of notice it in the other? Like, well, you know, Haley, will you say like, you know, you're, you're looking kind of stressed, you kind of seem like you need a break or, you know, um, to kind of tap into that or vice versa, or are you guys pretty good at just being more self-aware? Uh, you know, I would say she has better self-awareness than I do. And that's something I am still working on is how can I do better self-care? Um, so with my post profession, it was, it was three years, four years where the first years were awful. And then I continued to struggle for at least four years. And Urshi was almost, about, I would say like a caregiver, uh, wow. where she would have to, I come home from work and I would just have to go to sleep. She'd have to take over the laundry or like the household chores, the cooking and the cleaning. And so I think that's really allowed her to um, be a bit more self-aware or, or know when I'm burnt out. Cause I can still have periods where I have to really watch my gas tank. I have to know when it's starting to be a bit empty and to step back. Um, I'm getting a lot better at it and I've developed strategies, but um, something I need to continually work at. Good, good. I'm, I can see that maybe happening, right? Where it just suddenly hits and then, it's yeah like you said you know um you kind of aren't empty right away uh, so that's good that you're identifying the process of that um so one of the one of the reasons why i reached out to you guys too and i kind of mentioned this at the beginning was i love the content you're sharing most recently on instagram i love how you're doing it more frequently because um, i've always enjoyed following you but it's nice to see you guys popping up more often in my feed and I'm loving the branding colors, loving all of that about 416. Um, so can you guys kind of tell me uh, like kind of what inspired 416 to begin with? Um, that's, yeah, I think there's a, a number of reasons why, why we started it. For me, one of the main things was representation. Nice. Uh, and, and that is women in Instagram. Uh, so if, if we look in Canada, I, what is the statistic? Or it's like 75% of physiotherapists are women. Yeah. Yes. And then I decided to look at who am I following? Who are we following on Instagram? Professionally. Like professionally, because yeah. it's a professional <laughs> account. And I, I realized, you know, I'm actually mainly following male, male physios. And there's nothing ah. wrong with that. But I was just like, that's, that's really interesting. That is. That is. So I was like, and then I started to look and I was like, you know what? There aren't as many women in Instagram, at least promoting like certain exercise or movements. Yes, there are like, you know, Emma Jack, for instance, there, like Nicole, Nicole Sirica, but it's definitely not as prevalent. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to figure out, you know, what's our voice? Let's find it and let's share it. Let's, you know, be present on, in social media. That was one of the things that I wanted to do. That's awesome. Love that. I, I didn't know, like, that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that, but you're so right. I, I bet you the majority of um, even healthcare providers in general that I follow are probably male. Yeah. And I, I've never really noticed that till you pointed that out. But I remember being in physio school and I think there were four boys for four males in the whole class. <laughs> and at the time there was probably about 50 people. I know it's much bigger now, but yeah. So it goes to show that it's still definitely a female dominated profession yeah. um, gender wise. But yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I love that. And I, and I, and I do sense that, that you guys are finding your voice and that you are sharing it. 
and that's probably one of the things that really captured me um, lately, right? Uh, and so, uh, kind of like, did you find, because you're already busy as it is, right? <laughs> like, let alone doing this now. So, do you find that this has enhanced your fulfillment in a way as, as a person, or has it added more stress? Uh, you know, I think definitely, I feel like it, it's created some, actually, I would say in my life, a lot of fulfillment, um, yeah. it can actually sometimes cut back on, on workload. So, you know, patients want usually a picture of their exercise or video. And we, and that was another reason why we started it was, yeah. you know, let's create an exercise library. Mm -hmm. um, so that. we can just send someone a link. Um, and so that's, if anything, helped us save time in the long run. Um, and we just noticed that patients can like really, they, they seem to appreciate when their, their physio is there performing, you know, their rehab exercises. It can kind of almost have a positive effect on the, on our therapeutic relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I would say like, for me, it's, it kind of got me to get back into the gym because I've struggled with that, um, over the recent years dealing with everything and just picking up this account and just going down to the gym afterwards, we'd film, we'd have a yeah. creative brainstorming session. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to work yeah. out now for 40 yeah. hours. Yeah. That's great. So it kind of really, um, you're like, you're talking about integrity there, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of with your connecting with your patients on that level, doing the exercises that you would recommend for yourself even, um, and further motivating you to, to get back into physical activity, which is great. Um, yeah. can you kind of, um, so like when you decided to, to brand yourselves, um, like was it well received? Like did anybody kind of know that you were doing this and kind of stop you from it and say it's going to be too much um, on you or? I think it was the little voice in my head. Yeah, <laughs> your own voice. It's yeah. too much. I don't know, you know. Uh, honestly, a, a year ago, I, I mean, yeah, Haley is, yeah. Well, I, w I was telling Ursh, I was like, I remember <laughs> Right after we finished our advanced exam, and I was like, you know what, Ursh, we're going to get bored really quickly. We've been studying. Yeah. We've always had something to do. Like, I, I just, I have to find another hobby, essentially, or, you know, figure out where I'm passionate. And then yeah. Ursh was like, oh, no, it's going to be a lot of work. Like, yeah. you know, maybe we shouldn't. And I was like, no, really, yeah. let's give it a go. And um, so, I mean, I think, I think, I think you let me rest about a month and a half. Yeah, after. a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that. I really think you're kind of saying like you needed a more of a creative outlet, like a creative outlet that still like expressed your knowledge, expressed your passion, expressed your expertise. And I think that's awesome. And I think that it's easy to see that as more work on the outside, right? Like, why would I do more work? But really, if it brings you fulfillment, it doesn't feel that way. And, you know, it becomes something you're looking, you know, you look forward to doing and sharing. So I'm really appreciative of you doing that, uh, for one. <laughs> Do you find that through your social, you're attracting, um, at this point, more patients or more providers or both? Yeah, yeah I think so. Providers, for Before. sure. They, they do awesome. more and refer patients to us or, you know, just have more discussions uh, um, about, uh, you know, certain cases. Mm -hmm, so definitely. I definitely, I think it, it kind of like put us out there. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned integrity uh, because um, one of our core values for both of us, so I, my my values is uh, integrity and learning. 
and Kelly, I think that yours is connection and connection and integrity. Yeah. So doing this four on six physio on Instagram and you know the website and everything, it it kind of checks all the boxes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. brand, you know, branding and uh, and you know, learning what an Instagram story is and how to post and those sort of things. Yeah, it's a lot of learning. So that that yeah. definitely satisfies my curve. Yeah, and that in itself, the technicality of it, but even the learning process of what's helping your patients. Oh, for sure. You know, through through what you're sharing, which I think is amazing, and the connection piece definitely. Um, like I said, I for one have connected with it um, as well. And you know, it's you can look at content, and this is the interesting thing is that there is a lot of content out there, right? Like I could look at um, like an, an exercise you have on your Instagram, and I can see so many different other posts about that, right? But it really is like you said, Haley, the voice that it's coming from and the way that it's branded and, and the way that that the person who's reading that connects to it right yeah. so yeah so i think that's awesome that you guys are doing that and you're continuing to fulfill all of those values so what like for clinicians who are wanting to kind of find their voice share their voice brand their their practices in a way uh like what are some tips then that you could offer that they could that they could implement right now well i think you know you can get around social media nowadays so yeah. you have to get on um, social media and, you know it's important to know there's a lot of different platforms out mm -hmm. there there's yeah. you know blogging there is YouTube Instagram Facebook Twitter TikTok, TikTok. that's the new <laughs> thing so I yep. think uh, you gotta just choose a couple and, and stick with them because if you're trying to be present in all the different platforms it's just gonna cause you know it's it's a lot of work and, and time consuming and and also deceiving like social media everyone is is happy and doing the most difficult exercises all the time and yeah yeah so so it's uh I relate uh, to that i was just listening to a podcast today about something similar actually so i don't know if you guys have heard of gary vaynerchuk he's a big um entrepreneur uh he's all about being like he's all about posting content constantly on every platform, especially LinkedIn and TikTok. Like he sees those as up and coming more so. Um, and then I just listened to another podcast this morning, which I found a little more relative to me. Um, and she was talking about how, yeah, like pick the, the social that you're most comfortable with. Because I know for me, audio, video isn't my comfort zone, even though I do it. Um, it's more writing for me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do a little bit of it all just so I can kind of, you know, expand my comfort zone and see what I am truly passionate about as well. But definitely writing is where I'm, I'm most comfortable, uh, for sure. So I totally agree. I, I do think to, to be consistent, because it's hard to be consistent, and to be consistent on the social that you're most, um, yeah, you most relate well to, right? And I think also know when to walk away from it. Right? Yeah. So, so you can almost like marry condo social media. So so when it doesn't enjoy, <laughs> just, take a just take a break. Yeah. yeah. Over Christmas, we were both, you know, we're feeling a bit tired. And um, so we took, I think, two weeks off at Christmas, three weeks, three weeks yeah. off. And then we're, we're slowly getting back. We're going to start posting consistently because I just felt a bit fatigued. Yeah. yeah. I think we did as well. Yeah, um, sure. And do you guys post on, like, is it all real time or are you guys planning well ahead? We've like planned. post in advance we do a lot of creative brainstorming sessions mm -hmm. so we will before we even go down to film we'll sit 
in the house, um, figure out, okay, what do we want to do for the next two weeks? Like, what's our vision? Do we want to do more insightful posts or quotes? Do we want to focus on a short, like the shoulder or a specific joint or, or where do we want to take that? And then we'll kind of take it from there, um, do the creative brainstorming session, and then we'll go down and film everything. And then oh, um, we'll kind of lay out, okay, this week we're going to try to film this just so we don't, we just have a bit of a guideline. Yeah. And you guys are filming it yourselves. Nothing too expensive, nothing crazy like your iPhone or yeah. something. Okay. And that's what I, 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 I want people to hear is that it doesn't have to be a huge expense. Not at all. You're just doing it and you know, and it looks very professional the way you have it out there, which, which it, I love. Again, it's all just kind of uniform and branded nicely. Yeah. Um, so good for you. That's awesome. So yeah, no. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? I was just saying, yeah, no, it really, it can be inexpensive because we just use our phone. Um, and then we use an app, like Urshi does the editing on Canva. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that's a good way because at first we didn't know what app can we use, what's compatible. Um, and that's been, so anyone who wants to, has an iPhone, you know, think yeah. about using Canva. Yeah. So do you use Canva for your video inserts too? Like, or is it just for the, um, the text and the image? Yeah, I do everything. Basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that about the video part. That's awesome. I'll have to look at that too. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> this is the stuff I love learning about, right? These little nuggets. Yeah. Uh, so to, to the both of you, uh, looking back when you were a physio student, right? Uh, what is one piece of advice that you wish someone would have told you before you entered the profession? Mm, I but think you would now tell others. Yeah, I think for me it was that injuries and, and conditions are not black and white. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because we are treating human beings who, who have a busy work schedule, who have feelings, and, and they, they don't always do whatever they uh, So there's a lot of gray out there, and, and, and every case and, and person is different. So it's a new challenge every day. And, and I think you've got to be okay with uncertainty. Yeah. Kind of love on the gray. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I've had a shift now too, that that's what I love about our profession. I really do love that it's not so black and white as, you know, we, we you know, we think it, it is or should be uh, because we're really treating people at the end of the day in relationships and nurturing that and nobody can be put into a box. Right. So, um, so I think that's awesome. And just being adaptable. Very yeah, good. Exactly. And I think, yeah, you both made some awesome points. You know, there's so much, there's a lot of uncertainty. It can be emotionally and physically draining days. So self-care is really key. Um, when I was listening to your, one of your podcasts the other day, um, I think it's one, I don't know if we did it a few months ago or whatnot. You were talking about how to like, we can transform uh, or changing the healthcare system. And yeah. one of the ways to change is working on ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Hard to give to our patients if we're feeling burned out. And that really resonated with me. And I was like, you know what, that's something I don't think I, I really listened to or lived by, especially as a new grad. And I really wish I would have. That's so good to hear. Thank you for picking up on that and sharing that. Because um, I am really passionate about empowering other healthcare providers and ourselves, you know, where we are right now, what can we do right now? Because um, I, I think the longer we just wait for systemic changes to happen, you know, you're looking at two years down the road, right? Like it, it just, it's not going to happen at the pace we need it to happen. So wherever we can fill in those gaps, 
um, to, to minimize burnout and promote self-care and, and um, you know, taking care of ourselves so we can take care of our patients. I just think to do that now. So that's why I love that you guys are grading yourselves now. You, you kind of have reached this, this creativity and this expression, and you're also connecting more with people and doing that. And that's ultimately what your, what your values are, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. So it's really coming together for you guys. Um, but before you leave me, it's been so great talking to you both. Um, can you tell me where, like, let our listeners know where they can find you on social and your website or email? Sure. Um, we are mainly on Instagram uh, and Facebook, and it's at the Lessons Physio. Uh, we also have a website. Ooh. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. Don't forget about me. Cameo. Um, yeah. she was <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Hello, Stella. She's <laughs> fine, everyone listening She's out there. <laughs> she has a bit of a shoulder um, issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she just, you know, jumped the wrong way there. <laughs> I jolted her shoulder a bit. Oh. <laughs> okay. She's, She's in good hands. She's in good hands. <laughs> But as yeah. Chris said, yeah, we have on follow, you know, check us out on Instagram, give us a follow if you want, 416 Physio. Um, if you want to see us in person, um, you know, Urshu works at Rebounds. I'm at Cornerstone, uh, the West End. We also do a lot of home care. So you can definitely um, reach out via, like you said, Instagram or our email is 416physio at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming out and for sharing your tips, for sharing your journey, your story, and your ongoing discovery. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you being here. And, um, thank you. Thanks okay. for having us. And I just wanted to say we really appreciate the work you're doing. Um, we love how you're an advocate for you know our, our profession, and your book is fantastic. So anyone who hasn't read it, I suggest they do because you read it. it definitely uh, is insightful. Well, th thank you guys so much. And I'm so glad you said yes to your, your first <laughs> podcast. Thank you guys so much. Nice. Give these ladies a follow, guys. And um, yeah, we'll chat soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. So guys, if you liked this podcast, please leave an honest review and feedback at your podcast platform. And if you want to reach out on social, my handle on Instagram is at jengeorge08. The same with Twitter and Jennifer George on Facebook. Also, you can visit my website, uh, www.jenniferGeorge.co and subscribe to our weekly newsletters. So until next time, guys, stay happy.